This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. and welcome again to the Digital Agency Insiders podcast. This is the podcast that gives you a little inside look into how entrepreneurs built and grew their digital marketing agencies. I'm your host, Tabitha Thomas. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, can I just encourage you to go and hit that subscribe button as we release new episodes each and every Tuesday. So let's jump on into today's episode. Today I have with me Kelsey Meyer-Raymond. Kelsey is the co-founder of Influencer & Co. Influencer & Co. is a tech-enabled content marketing firm that specializes in content strategy, creation, and distribution to help companies accomplish their goals through content. It is one of the leading providers of high-quality expert content to the world's top publications. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here and to get to chat with you today. Yes, we were just talking, you guys, before we hit the record button, that we're both fellow Missourians. We're both in Missouri, and I've, this is the first time I've had somebody in my own state I get to talk to, <laughs> so I'm super excited. Love it. Yes. Yeah, so in 2009, you were an accounting intern. So what caused <laughs> you to jump from that to starting your first business? Yeah. What did what did the path look like for you? I mean, for everybody, it's a little bit different. Is it something that you always dreamed of or is this something that just kind of popped up along the way? Um, I think it's definitely something that I always thought of as a potential career path. Um, when I was young, my mom likes to joke that I, our neighbors, I probably drove them crazy because I was selling them everything door to door. I think I borrowed rocks from a neighbor and painted them and then sold those rocks back to them. So, you know, my first business might've been illegal. Um, but yeah, I definitely from a young age was interested in that. Um, and my dad ran a real estate company. So I had seen that modeled for me as, oh, that, that is a valid career choice. It's not Mm -hmm. incredibly crazy to want to start your own company, but really for me, when I started thinking about it more seriously was in college. I joined something called the Entrepreneurship Alliance and it was a program at Mizzou where basically a bunch of nerds like me who wanted to start businesses one day and we got to meet different business owners, learn from them, be mentored by them. So from that, it really kind of set me on a path to where I was able to get a lot of experience and get my feet wet while I was in college so that it wasn't as scary to jump into something right after graduating. Well, that's awesome. So an accounting intern, does that mean you have a degree in accounting and how did that switch to marketing? (laughs) No, I, I was just, it was an internship that I was literally doing like accounts payable. It was very, very low, uh, low skill. Um, but I, my major at Mizzou was in marketing and then a minor in English. So I definitely, I I knew the exact same thing. I have a degree in advertising and a minor in English, I swear, but Arkansas state, I went South. (laughs) That's understandable. Oh, that's so funny. I'm feeling we're going to have a lot of, a lot in common. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, so you got the internship and then where did you go from there? Did you go straight into owning your own business or did you work for someone else for a little while? Uh, My path to owning and running Influence & Co. I think is really unique. Um, I was, I got an intern, another internship where I was helping um, this guy, Brent, who um, owned really now it's a private equity company. Um, He had just bought a huge building and wanted to turn it into a co-working space. So my internship with him was getting the co-working space off the ground. And he told me at that point, 
if you can get it running by the time you graduate, you have a job running it. So that was my first job. I know a lot of a lot of opportunity. I really, really appreciate him having that much trust in me. Yeah. Um, so that was my first job right out of college was running this co-working space. But pretty quickly after it got up, got off the ground, it was more of a office manager role. So I knew that I wanted to do something just different and I loved the process of starting it. So I talked to Brent again and since his firm at the time um, was less traditional private equity, they were really like starting a bunch of businesses. Mm -hmm. I asked him, what other ideas do you have? What else can I help work on? And the idea for what would become Influence & Co was actually his idea. So it is, was not my idea, but I am the operations person. I'm the one who likes to take other people's great ideas and help run with it. So through that, um, Brent was really kind of an advisor and the, he financed the company. And then I had another co-founder, John, who came on. Um, and John and I ran the company together for about seven years. And then just a year and a half ago, I um, was able to get a loan and buy out both Brent and John's interest in the company. So that was a huge kind of change in my entrepreneurial experience because it was the first time that I was the majority owner of the company. That's incredible. That's incredible. What to have a mentor like that and opportunities to be able to step into that. That's incredible. That's absolutely. I'm so, so, so grateful for that opportunity and everything that I learned from both of them over the years. So you've been in business for over nine years now, because you said seven, but it's actually been nine. So do you find marketing trends changing often, often enough that you have to constantly be updating your processes so that it's, there's no plateau or is there a model, uh, more of a fixed strategy? What does that look like to you? Yeah, that's a great question. What we've really seen is that the core basis of what we do as a company, which we are a content marketing agency, the core of that has not changed a lot over the last nine years. We know that people need educational content. Companies want to educate and engage their audience and nurture them through that process. But the tactics that you use to do that are changing you know, every year. And mm -hmm. so one thing that we really saw when we started the company back in 2011, the only service we provide was helping clients get articles published in different online publications. So we were like a one trick pony, that was all we did. What we realized is that if we were helping clients get all these great placements and get published in all these places, but they didn't have a good company blog, or they had no white papers or eBooks or anything for people to engage with, or they didn't have an email nurture campaign, if they didn't have all those other things, then the results from what we were doing were never gonna be that great. And so that's when we started adding all of those service lines so that we could make sure, okay, if we tell a client, you know, you're going to drive new leads and drive business from this, we need to make sure this entire funnel is set up correctly. Um, and that's something that I think those different elements of the funnel and the tactics that people use are constantly changing. I bet that definitely changed the whole aspect of the business to go from one thing to yes. the whole thing, really. <laughs> and what we really looked at was we never want to do something that our team doesn't already have the skill sets to do. But our team is, consists of a lot of wonderful writers, editors, content strategists. So taking those skill sets and applying them to a company blog versus an online publication 
or a white paper versus an 800 word article. It was a really natural extension of what we were already doing. So very, so very true. So when a client comes to work with you, what does that process look like? Once they, they, they come to you, they're like, I want to work with your company. Yes. What does that look like? Yeah, so I think the first thing is we feel for pretty strongly that even if a client comes to us on the first sales call and says, I'm ready to sign a contract, which is great, but we tell our salespeople, slow it down because we want to have long-term relationships with clients. Most of our contracts that we sign are at least 12 months long. Mm -hmm. And in order to set up a long-term relationship right from the start, you have to make sure that you're setting the right expectations, that we understand the client's goals, that we can realistically accomplish those goals. So a lot of times if they're coming in all excited, we'll say, great, Let's have a second phone call, go over this more in depth, because we really wanna make sure that they understand enough about us and we understand enough about them to make sure it's a good relationship. Um, and then from there, once we are ready to sign a contract, we have a pretty intensive first 30 day onboarding experience with clients. Um, and it's really because we think that we need to become well-versed enough in their industry and their company to be able to create a great strategy and great content with them. Mm -hmm. So that's everything from a kickoff call with their entire account team to a account management call where we really talk through goals and success metrics to then a content strategy call where we're presenting them the strategy. Um, so we do a lot of those things in the first 30 days so that then from there we can say, okay, now we can take your, you guys can take a little bit less time and let us take a lot more time running with and doing a lot of the work. That's awesome. That's awesome. So do you guys work in a variety of different niches or is this, yeah. this one specific niche that you work within? Yeah, we work with so many different industries and clients, but I'd say the area that we have seen the most success with clients um, is really in professional services firms. So consulting agencies, web development agencies, either even other marketing agencies that do different types of marketing, um, you know, anything in professional services, and then also technology, but specifically like software as a service, so SaaS companies. Um, and I think with both of those, it's because they're B2B industries where you're selling to other businesses, People do a lot of research. There's a lot of trust that needs to be built. Mm -hmm. So we've seen that those industries, content marketing does really well for. Gotcha. So how are you finding clients for your agency? Are you, are you reaching out to them or are they finding you? Both, but really the majority of our new business comes from us using our own services, which is like the best sales pitch we can make to clients. Yep. You drink your own Kool-Aid. <laughs> exactly. A lot of times when they come to us, they have read an article that myself or another person on our team have published somewhere online. Then maybe they've read our blog. They've liked what we, they've seen. Then they download a white paper. Then maybe they attend a webinar. And then finally, someone on our sales team, we have an SDR rep, reaches out to them. And by that point, if they say, you know, okay, well, what can you really help us do? We say, well, you know how you're on the phone with us now, we can help you do that as well. We can help you create this funnel to where you have inbound interest coming to you. Um, so I'd say about 70 to 80% of our revenue comes from 
us using our own content marketing efforts. We do have a pretty strong partner program as well. And that's been something that um, one person on our team, Matt, has just done a great job developing. And, you know, we'll pay referral commissions if partners refer us over to people. Um, and we use content to stay in front of those partners and engage them over time. So those are really the two main ways that clients find us. Gotcha. I gotcha. Well, it's good that you drink your own Kool-Aid. It's, yeah. it's so funny how many, they miss that one little thing, like drink your own Kool-Aid. And a lot of times it's just, you, you're so busy doing yeah. client work that you don't have yeah. time to focus on yourself. And I always say, you've got to treat your own business like your client. Yeah. You've got to schedule the time in there to do that. So yeah. is that, that how you guys do it too? Is just, well, we, it is. And we actually have a whole internal marketing team that is just focused on marketing our company. And we have a sales team as well, which is something that I think, honestly, the fact that I didn't work for a traditional advertising agency was really helpful to us and how we developed our sales and like new business generation, because I didn't know that it was more common to have people managing clients also doing business development. Since I didn't know that that was kind of the industry standard, it's not what we did. And I think it's worked out really well for us because our account strategists and the account teams, they only have to focus on their current clients. They're never distracted by trying to go out and win new business. They, their current clients have all of their attention. And our salespeople are only focused on new business. So it's just, I think that's really allowed us um, to grow a lot faster, honestly, than we would have if we went the traditional route. That's awesome. Yeah, you're very true. That's very different than most everyone else does. So that's awesome. So on your website, you have it listed a dedicated content marketing team access to software and publication relationships yeah. offer one monthly fee. That's <laughs> yeah. how you promote it. Uh, so how does your pricing decided? Are there different packages available or is it yeah. more of a a la carte kind of situation. Yeah. So everything we do is customized to clients. There are definitely like a few packages that a lot of clients fall into. Um, but we work with clients starting anywhere from a small account of $3,000 a month to our largest accounts are spending about $50,000 a month with us. So we can really customize based on the client's need. And what, how we look at it is we scope out, okay, over a 12 month engagement, these are all the deliverables we're going to do. So whether that's, you know, 12 articles and online publications and 40 blog posts and five white papers and, and then we just split it, you know, across 12 months. So you're not paying, you know, on a per thing basis where you don't know what you're going to get billed each month. And you're also not paying for hours, which we just think is a terrible model that a lot of businesses have. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we've um, scoped out our pricing for clients, but we can always be really customized to meet their needs. As I say, it sounds very customized. So how do you determine how much to charge for certain things? And I mean, is, yeah. since you're not going by hours, yep. how do you figure out how much to charge a client for something? Yeah. So we've definitely tracked the hours on our end. Okay. And we kind of have some ideas in mind, but the reason we don't bill clients hourly is that we never want to have to go to a client and say, hey, we really thought that, you know, four more hours of research on this was necessary. So now we're going to nickel and dime you because we spent more time on it. Because we look and we, we do some audits and see, oh, you know, we're billing that client 5,000 a month based on an hourly rate. They'd probably be spending about 7,000 a month for us with us, but we're okay with that. Yeah. So I think that that's where 
it just allows us to not have to feel that we're nickel and diming our clients when we think more time is necessary. Mm -hmm. um, we definitely have done the calculations on our end to try to get an average of how long things take. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that we look at is if we're working with a client on a lot of content over a long period of time, hypothetically, we should get faster because mm -hmm. we understand their company more, we understand their industry more. So clients that we're doing a lot of work for, that per deliverable amount definitely scales down because we have some economies of scale in that. Gotcha. Well, it also helps your team work faster because they know <laughs> that they have to do it within a certain amount. Not that, not necessarily that you're billing that, but you're, you need to stay within that. So what type of software are you and your clients using that allow you to track the content's performance? Yeah. So you mentioned that, um, you know, on our website, it says an access to software. So we have developed our own internal software that's called core. Um, okay. Something that we did about excuse me, about three years into the business that I think is one of the best decisions we've ever made um, because it allows our clients to log in at any time and see where all their content is, collaborate with us on content, and then see the analytics. So for the core software, they can see you know, social shares and all of that, how many people came to their website from the different content. But then we also, for a lot of our clients, recommend that they sign up for something like HubSpot marketing automation or Hatchbuck is another like smaller business type marketing automation company because we want to get a lot more granular than our software gets. Yeah. Um, and then even Google Analytics. So there's a lot of different things that we use to track um, the success of the content. So how long did it take you guys to create your own software for yeah. that? I can't imagine that was an easy process. We were so spoiled that we had one developer on the team. He has since gone on to start his own company. I'll give them a plug. It's called Deal Machine. Very cool company. Um, but this guy, Dave, that we had working with us, I did not know at the time just how incredibly lucky we were because he was able to build the entire software himself, front end, back end, the database, everything. Um, and it took, you know, about eight to 10 months, but it was one person. So it was pretty incredible that uh, we had Dave on staff to do that. That is very incredible that one person <laughs> did that's that somebody has that much talent to do yes. all of it. And eight months does we, not we sound that long. With teams of developers and different people to help support and maintain it over time. But really the core of core was built by one person. Yeah. After he's gone, that's when you, that's usually when you appreciate the person and when they're <laughs> gone and you're like, okay, it's taking me this many more people to <laughs> bring in to, to be able to manage yep. this. So if you could sum up all of your business experiences thus far into one sentence, what would that be? Or what advice would you give your oh, younger wow. self? If you could? <laughs> um, wow. Okay. I think into one sentence, I would just say that I've had success because I've been very curious. Um, and so I think that my advice would align with that of um, anything, any opportunity that you have to learn or to, you know, meet with people and pick their brain. Like so much of what I feel like I have had success at is because I've had great mentors because I've read so many books and so many articles. And I just want to soak up as much knowledge because I understand that I did start this company when I was 22. So there's so much that I that needs to happen with experience over time. Mm -hmm. But since I haven't had that time, I mean, now it's been nine years, but even then 
I need to make up for that by reading about other people's experiences or asking people questions or listening to podcasts like this. So I think that a lot of the success that we've had comes just down to curiosity and being willing to learn. That's awesome. And that's one of the reasons that I do this podcast because I love telling other people's stories. And I think that we learn so much from other people. If you can't go out and experience things, then go read about somebody else's experience and learn from their mistakes or their, or their failures or their successes. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely learning from that. So speaking about successes, uh, what do you remember being one of your greatest success stories? Oh, oh my gosh. I think it, what always comes to mind for me is the amazing people that I've gotten to work with at Influence & Co., um, both our employees and our clients. Um, but this one story always comes to mind for me, which is when um, we were only about seven employees. It was a pretty small team still at the time and still just trying to figure things out. And we had an employee come to us and let me know that she was pregnant. And I was so excited for her. And the second thought through my mind was, oh my gosh, I better not mess this up now. (laughs) Because before that, you know, everyone, it just kind of felt like, okay, well, if this doesn't go well, everybody can find other jobs, we'll be fine. And then all of a sudden in my mind, it was, oh no, now we have to to make sure Jennifer has a job so that her baby is okay. Like it became so much more serious. And so I think just to me, that goes into like the success for me is that we have a team of people that I think genuinely enjoy their jobs, get fulfillment out of what they do. I've been able to see so many people grow so much in their careers. We have some of the same employees that started with us on day one, still with us nine years later. That's Um, awesome. That to me is the true success is just the team that we've built. That is awesome. And and glad to hear that it's going well for her. And especially now, since you've got a new one on board too, so. <laughs> or not on board, you got one in your arms. So. Um, so hopefully given the return of a more ideal global economic situation, where would you like to see your company going in the next few years? Yeah, I think a, a lot of what we're currently doing, um, we want to continue to lean into helping our clients with all aspects of that funnel. Something that we just started in probably the last two years is a dedicated SEO department. We always knew that our what we did was really helpful for clients' SEO, but we would say, hey, you know, hire an SEO firm and we'll work with them. Now we can do that in-house, and that has been incredibly helpful to just making sure that all of the strategies that we're putting together for clients start with SEO in mind. So I really want to see us lean more into that. Um, And, you know, I want to see people in person again at some point. We're also working remotely. um, And I feel like our team has really come together virtually through this. And like everyone is being there for each other and helping each other out. And so to me, it's just going to make when we can finally work together in an office again, that much more wonderful for everyone. So what, see, I've worked from home for like eight years. That's, or 10 years. That was 10 years. Golly. So it's what I'm used to and what I'm, you know, the norm for me, but for you, what has been the biggest challenge from switching from working with everybody side by side to working from home virtually? Yeah, I think it's different for everyone. So part of just the, you know, it's not normal working from home, but working from home during COVID is that we have so many employees with small children at home who were trying to work full time and homeschool, which is just not feasible. Like it's just 
not at all. And so, oh, no. we've, you know, it had to be flexible and, you know, people are taking a few hours off here and there to do things. And so that's been, I think, a challenge for everyone. Um, but just if, if we take that part out of it, going completely virtual, because we already had people in different states and we did a lot of Zoom calls, but we still had a big group of the team in Columbia. And I think what I personally am missing the most is just the enjoyment that I got from getting to walk around the office and just get a feel for how people were doing. Things have been really stressful through COVID. You know, we've, we lost some clients, then we brought on a bunch of new clients. It's been really chaotic. And so it's hard for me to virtually just get a sense for how are people feeling? Because yeah. when you're in the office, you can see if everyone looks stressed, if people are, you know, walking around really fast and seeming frantic. And so we've been trying to do some things to get together virtually. But I think that's what I miss the most is just not being able to get to get that like gut feeling of how are people feeling in the office? Yes, it's so much easier when you're face to face versus through email or whatever, even, even virtually, it's kind of hard to determine, you know, how somebody really is doing. And people always ask, you know, how are you doing with, with, you know, having the kids at home? I'm like, it's, I'm used to it. I've worked from home for eight years. The one thing I wasn't used to was having a toddler on my head while I'm working, you know, cause it's just, when you got a babysitter or school yeah. or whatever, that's, ew, oh, it's a challenge for sure. I have had, so my, my son is over at his grandparents right now. They're helping for a couple of days a week now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Before that, I had him in every single meeting. I was like, I don't know if screens are bad for this kid, but at least it's people talking. So yeah, I had a baby on my hip for pretty much every meeting for a couple months. That's awesome. Well, we just learned to adapt and keep going, keep pushing yep. through. That's exactly, that's what you got to do. So when you are feeling stumped, who do you turn to for advice? Oh, so many people. Um, I think from a business standpoint, the first two that come to mind, um, I have Alyssa Patsias is our COO and she was the first full-time person we ever hired at Influence & Co. So uh-huh. she's literally been there since day one. She and I, we have the same brain in some ways and we really challenge each other in other ways. So I always go to her to run things past her and I value her her opinion and her strategy so much. There's no way I could have taken even a day of maternity leave without her in that role. So I'm so grateful to her. Um, And then on the other side, outside of the business, um, I'm part of this group. We started as an EO forum, um, entrepreneurs organization. It's like a national group. Um, We've since split off that it's just a group of five different business owners that we meet on a monthly basis. We're all in very different industries. So one of the guys runs a trucking company, another one has a used tire shop, another one's an IT company. So very different industries, but we share experiences, share challenges, help each other with things going on in our business or personal lives. Um, and it's just an amazing group. I called them like my advisory board because they've given me so much great advice over the years. Well, and so many different perspectives because those are very different business oh. types. So well, and it's amazing what, you know, hearing Michael, for example, talk about what's going on in his trucking company. I would think at first glance, oh, that, that that's not going to apply to me with a marketing company. But there's so many things in business that it doesn't matter your industry. You're all going through the same things. So it's, it's really cool. I really appreciate that. True. So how did you, how did you find those people or how did you guys all get connected? Um, So we first got connected through this organization called entrepreneurs organization Mm -hmm. and there was a local St. Louis chapter. Okay. They just kind of, when you join the chapter, they pair you up. Okay. 
so lucky because these are now some of my best friends in the world. Um, and I don't know how they knew that we'd all get along so well, but we did. It's kind of a blind date, I guess, of meeting up. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Everybody, I think everyone needs something like that and not, not just people that are just like you, but you've got to have different perspectives. So I love that you've got that. So one of the last questions that I always ask, is there anything that you're currently reading or listening to that is helping you grow as an entrepreneur? Yes, absolutely. Um, so reading, um, I've been reading a lot lately, just different articles and books around how to become anti-racist. Okay. Really, you know, questioning the biases that I have internally. And we've been talking about this a lot as a team. Mm -hmm. So we started a book club as a team on this topic. And our next book that we're reading is um, Their Eyes Are Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. So I'm excited okay. to get started re reading that again. Um, and then listening, I listen to so many podcasts. That is like, my number one hobby is just pushing my son in a stroller, the one place that he'll sleep and listening to podcasts. <laughs> Um, from a business standpoint, I love how I built this, which is yes. just with different um, business owners. And then another podcast that I really love is called Professional AF, and it's um, done by a woman named Diana Kander. And okay. the podcast is specifically geared towards women in business, and it's just all different topics around being a female in business. And it's her her, per, her personality and her point of view and her perspective, I just really appreciate. And it's a really fun podcast. Well, it's got to make you feel like you're not alone, especially a, a woman in business being exactly. able to listen to those kind of things. So, yeah. so, so is there any, anything that you listen to that's kind of, I, I, I classify it all as trash, trash, anything, podcast or anything <laughs> like that, that you kind of, I use it for defragging my brain yes. is what I call it. <laughs> Oh, so, so many, um, from a podcast standpoint, and this, I would say is not, um, not trash, but it's just more fun. Fun. It yeah. Is, um, armchair expert Dax. I can't yeah, Jack Shepard. Yeah, yeah. That he has just so many good celebrities on there. So I just love hearing about, you know, Rob Lowe and the West wing and just a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, and then I listened to another podcast that is really fun. It's called by the book. And it's two um, young women, probably in their 30s, that they both read a different self-help book for every episode. And they're, you know, across the board, they'll, they'll read one that was like Marie Kondo, The Joy of Tidying Up, uh -huh. and then another one like Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. So they go very, <laughs> very, very different. <laughs> yeah. um, and they read the self-help book, and then they spend the next two weeks living exactly as the book tells you to. So they do all the things the book tells you to do. And oh. some of these books just have wild advice that is probably not really recommended to people. Um, and they do that and then they come back and kind of give their verdict of, was this a good book? Was it not? What did they learn from it? Um, and some are really interesting and make me think, oh, I need to read that book. And some make me think, I am so glad I never wasted my time reading that book. <laughs> but the women are both hysterical and just really wonderful to listen to. So I get a big kick out of that one. That sounds incredible. I'm curious after she, you know, told all her items that she's thankful for them and threw them yeah. away if she ever missed another one of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> they talk about that in this, but like two weeks later, they're like, I can't find this one sweater. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. I'm like, why? Yeah. It never fails. My husband says that he, the minute he throws something away out of his shop, mm -hmm. two days later, he will need that one thing that has been in the shop for six years <laughs> that he never touched before that. So anyway, Kelsey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Where can people learn more about you and about the company? Yeah, so our website is influenceandco.com. Um, I'm on Twitter at Kelsey underscore M underscore Meyer. Um, and yeah, we can look me up on LinkedIn as well. Happy to connect. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, I've learned so much from just reading, listening, hearing about other business owners' journeys. So anything I can do to help others on that same journey, I'm always willing to. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And guys, we'll see you next Tuesday. See ya. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.